Welcome to the Agritourism Ideas Podcast, your premier source for agritourism information and education. Here's your host, Jamie Stenzi. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode number 57. Today, we have Kent Woods on the show today from Liberty Mills Farm out of Somerset, Virginia. They have a 33-acre corn maze, so one of our primary topics of conversation today is the pros and cons of making a large corn maze your feature attraction. Here is my interview with Kent. I'd like to welcome Kent Woods from Liberty Mills Farm out of Somerset, Virginia, to the show today. Welcome, Kent. Good morning, Jamie. All right, so uh, you are a agritourism owner down in Somerset, Virginia. Give us an idea of how you got your start in agritourism, how long ago it was, maybe a little bit more about your population around your area as far as how many people you have to draw from, and, and a little bit of that backstory for us. Okay. Um, my wife and I started our operation nine years ago. We'll be coming into our 10th season this year. We had moved from Wisconsin. I was a mechanical engineer. My wife is involved in philanthropy. We were both looking at, at getting out of the cube world and wanting to do something different with our lives. We'd always enjoyed doing corn mazes back in Wisconsin. I was kind of a hobby gardener, so uh, enjoyed growing pumpkins. And it just seemed like a good fit fit for us to go ahead and make the jump and do something different with our lives. Um, we were looking for an area with good population around us. We're half hour north of Charlottesville, Virginia. We're an hour and a half out of Washington, D.C. and about an hour out of Richmond, Virginia. So with the populations, it seemed, seemed like a reasonable place to try to settle down and do something different with our lives. Very good. And do you have a, uh, I would imagine you have some pretty decent competition around your area. Is there a lot of other corn mazes and agritourism venues? In regard to corn mazes, there are several around. Um, the closest one is probably an hour away from us. So we try to do something more unique. Ours is about the maze experience itself. We decided that's what we wanted to do. When we moved here, our kids were a little older. We didn't uh, enjoy going to the mazes where you were done in a half hour. Like, well, what else do we do now? So we wanted to make something where people could actually spend an entire afternoon going through the maze. Uh, so we went for a little uniqueness in that regard. That's very good, and that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on the podcast because <clears throat> we really haven't talked uh, about this specific topic before. And that is some of the pros and cons of, of making the maze your focal point and doing a very large maze. And uh, so tell us how big your maze was in 2018. How many acres? In 2018, we were 33 acres. Wow. So we had pulled it. We were the largest maze this side of the Mississippi. What we've done is we actually break it up into four separate trails. The first trail takes about one half hour. We gear that to our field trips when they come. People with young kids, it's perfect for them, or people that have never done a maze for their, before. That's a maze that they can go and get the experience with. The second maze we have we, is our trivia maze. We have trivia questions in it relating to the theme of the year's maze. That will take approximately an hour to do. Third maze we have are hole punches. 
that's our hole punch maze where they're going around trying to find 21 hole punches in the maze, and that will take approximately two hours to do on the average. The fourth maze we have is their mystery maze. We don't give them a uh, map for that one, so they can wander through that on their own. And typically, it was taking people about an hour and a half to do that maze this year. So we try to offer something for the young family to, you know, just our proximity. We've got a lot of college kids come out, and they really enjoy the mystery maze where there's no map for it. <laughs> very cool. Um, and that's a, a very large maze to try to handle on your own. Do you do all the layout and the cutting yourself, or do you hire a third-party service? Um, we work in the maze company out of Utah. Uh, they do a fantastic job for us. They do a great maze. Because I was a mechanical engineer, I will come up with a concept, and I'll make up little sketches, and then we'll send it out to them to put it into maze form for us. I actually help with the cutting out. It's, you know, being the engineer in me, it's a large math puzzle, essentially, we're working <laughs> with. Um, it is all done by hand. They do it by, essentially, we're counting the rows of corn, the fields planted in a grid pattern, and then we're literally counting the XY uh, coordinates and, and marking the maze in. So I actually help out with them. Uh, I understand the few owners that actually do that, but I enjoy doing that. Very good. Yes, and we use the uh, the Maze Company uh, both in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania for our venue, and they are they're awesome. We also did uh, the Maze as our focal point, and uh, I I totally agree with that concept. Um, ours wasn't quite as big as yours. I think our biggest year was about twenty four acres. Uh, but, uh, and one of the reasons we decided to do that because we purchased this property, you know, we had a large capital outlay like that. The expense we have is putting the maze in itself without our focal point. So we have, have stayed away from some of the other activities that some of the other farms have. It's perfectly fine for them. It fits into that. You know, we call kind of call some of them more of an amusement park type facility, uh, but we didn't have the capital outlay for bouncing pillows, spider webs to start with. So we tried to keep our activity area very, very simple. We have had a corn tunnel. We have a straw pile where kids can, you know, jump off. Um, Cornhole, pumpkin checkers, little straw bale, right hand or left hand turkey. So we've done things like that more natural where kids can use their imaginations. Okay. Very good. I like it. Now, uh, I know in, uh, with the mazes I did that we, we went the, the route of netting all the paths to preserve, uh, preserve the corn for the season. Do you, do you do that or have you ever tried it? Uh, we have never tried the netting aspect. We have approximately 12 miles of trails. <laughs> and so I figured that would be almost an impossible task. <laughs> what we try to do is we try to, and we have on the weekends when we're the busiest, we have people in the maze constantly. Um, we give everybody directions before they go into the maze on their map. It has basic directions. Something we've added is essentially using the old Burma shape, uh, sign logic where we, repeat the rules on little signs as they're walking in the main entrance to it, just to kind of reinforce such as, you know, the, the lines on the maps of the past, please stick to them. Don't, you know, this is a crop that will be harvested. No smoking, no alcohol, etc. And that has really helped having the people out in the maze. Uh, I said, I want you out here to 
be helping people. We want you to be visible so people see you. I want you to seek people out. I don't want them to feel like you're stalking them, pun intended. <laughs> pun intended. We want to feel you're out there to help them. And when they see the people out there, they are a lot more respectful for the babies. Um, we will get some people that will still cut through, and if they and if we catch them, they're talked to and said they can follow the rules or they can you know follow us out. Sure. And I said our preference is for you to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. So all in all, by the end of the season, the maze is still in excellent condition. Good. So we, again, we try to make it as good for the f- first people through the maze as it is for the last people through the maze. Very good. So um, pros and cons of a large maze. Can you think of any uh, pros, of course, is it, it's, it's a great draw. You got many mazes to choose from, uh, as you have already stated. What about some of the cons? What are some of well, the downsides? A couple more of the pros okay. is we, <clears throat> a couple more of the pros is we try to make it, it's about the picture. With the sure size of the maze, if you go under our website, you can see some of the different pictures we've done. We can put a lot more detail in it. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, we had dinosaurs. We had six different, seven different dinosaurs in the maze. Um, and so we could put a lot more detail in it that way. We have, we've had done a map of the entire world. Uh, <laughs> so that's some of the, the pauses we can do with it. What the negatives is, and we recognize it is, we probably scare some people away. Um, We've heard some comments, oh, I don't want to go through 12 miles of of walking trails, but we try to educate them. It's like we have mazes of different choice. We do have people that will come off, and they will try to accomplish all four mazes in a single day. Uh, This past year, we noticed quite a few repeat customers out We'll come back, they'll do one maze on one time, and they want to come back, and I want to try this next maze, so they'll come back. And we had some, you know, multiple repeaters, a lot of them this year. But some people, it just, the sheer size of it scares them away. Um, some people are looking, they want more of the activity area with the bouncing pillows. And um, we're adding some stuff, but, you know, we're not, still not going to go to the bouncing pillows, zip lines, and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Another problem with it is just, maintenance and keeping track of it, getting it ready for the season. And that takes weeks worth of work. Uh, we have a problem with horse nettle in this area. Ooh, um, a little, <laughs> little thorny bush, if you're not familiar with it, um, kind of like a, a small rose plant. Uh, so we're having to go through the trails and uh, spray all those. And, you know, carrying a back, backpack sprayer, over 12 miles, <laughs> several repeated trips, it gets tiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, something else we have done in the past is we've done a 5K race inside the corn maze. Wow. Where the entire, uh, except for the first 150 yards where we get them started outside, the entire 5K race is run in the inside the corn maze. And that's always been a lot of fun too. Do you do that uh, before your season, during your season, after your season? When do you typically do that? We have we have done it both ways. Okay. Uh, preference would be to do it before the season. And, and again, we're taking a look at doing it again this year. Uh, do it before the season starts. Part of it is that gets a little more attention for the maze before our season starts. Um, we try to work with our local high school, particularly the cross-country team. It gets before one of their races. Uh, racing season begins, and we do it as a fundraiser for them. Okay. And do you guys allow people into any of the the four mazes at night? 
Saturday, Saturday nights we do a flashlight maze. We, for the first time this year, we tried the mystery maze at night. We did that as the only maze that was open that night. It was a lot of fun for me. Somebody <laughs> asked me how many people I helped, and I said probably 98%. <laughs> uh, we had a young college student from UVA. After the eighth time I saw him go by, he goes, would you like some help? I go, would you like some help? And he said, oh, could I? <laughs> helped him out, showed him a couple tricks to do, and he sent him on his way. Um, that's the only time we had the mystery maze open with that, and then we could focus all of our attention on that maze because without yeah, that was definitely going to take more. But otherwise, we open it up on uh, Saturday nights typically uh, for a flashlight maze. Um, three of the mazes are open. We try to have more people in the maze at that time helping people uh, out. We don't haunt the maze. There are mazes that do the haunted maze. Um, we've made the decision that to do that, you've got to really do it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got to hire actors and costuming and makeup. Because we get a lot of families through, um, we've chose not to haunt, haunt the maze. And trust me, you walk around the corner and there's somebody staying there. It can be scary enough. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, one of the other things, because the sheer size of the maze, we... Had 700 people at our on our peak for our flashlight maze at night. 700 people come in between six and ten o'clock. Because of the sheer size, it's not crowded. Okay. You know, you can you can walk quite a ways before you run into somebody. Yeah. Yep. But it is kind of fun to sit back and watch all the little flashlights bouncing on the hill. <laughs> Very good. And then the activities you had had described in your mazes, is that stuff that you came up with on your own? Is that from the maze company, a combination thereof? Um, Things we'd seen in other different mazes. One of the mazes we'd done back in Wisconsin, Richardson's. Um, Richardson's is one of the largest mazes, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they had trivia. I believe they had hole punches in one of the mazes, or I know... One maze we done, I had a whole bunch of. So we again, we kind of took the things that we liked, and, and incorporated those in the maze. Um, we've had people tell us that our trivia questions are too hard sometimes. Uh, again, it's we try to gear them for a range of different people, and we want to try to educate people. And we always say, we can help you out when you get out. So we'll have a lot of people just do the whole punches so they don't have to try to do the trivia questions. And for those maybe listening that don't have a corn maze or are not sure what we're talking about, so for a trivia card, would that be answer A, turn left, answer B, turn right, so on and so forth? And if you get the answer right, it sends you the correct direction? That's what Richardson's had done. Okay. We don't do that. We just, we have, it's a crossword puzzle in the back. You put in the correct letter. Back to the maze we did in 2014 where we had Fort McHenry. One of our questions we had were how many stars and stripes on the flag of 1814, recognizing that there were 15 states represented on the flag. And the correct answer is actually 15 stars and 15 stripes. So we're trying to educate people that way, and we'll help them out um, at the end. And again, because it's a true crossword puzzle, they can always, if they don't know an answer, they can always use a crossword puzzle puzzle aspect and try to say, well, I need a vowel right here, so this must be the answer. <laughs> we'll do some clever things, too. Um, in the year we had Mount Rushmore, one of our questions was, George Washington, the British had nicknamed George Washington, what? Our letters options down the side were A-F-O-X. <laughs> the British had called the Sly Fox. Yeah. <laughs> so we try to help people out, and we have fun with it that way. Huh. 
But at the end, then you can take and unscramble the words, and we always have a hidden theme. Uh, this year, you unscramble the letters, and it was Terrible Lizard, uh, which was the Greek translation for dinosaur. Okay. So we try to we try to do it that way, and it it's a little challenge. Uh, and again, just our proximity to UVA and the college students, they seem to enjoy that, and a lot of people like the word challenge um the whole punches you're just going around and trying to find the different punches you're just wandering down the different paths to find everything okay and so there might be like uh uh 10 10 stations within the maze and, and the goal in that maze is try to find all 10 stations punch your card and come out with a fully completed card of some sort mm-hmm. okay. what one of the things we do is we would you know there's as an example, we try to do 14 to 15 questions. There are 21 whole punches. We tell them that there are essentially will be a numerical order. So if they get to six and seven question or whole punch and they haven't seen three or four, they've got by them. Right. So that'll help them as their progression through the phase. Okay, good. Very good. And then do you charge one price for all four mazes? Are they priced individually? Is there just a gate fee that includes everything? How do you work your pricing? We, one of the things that we didn't like on some of the different mazes we went to, they charge you this to do the corn maze. Then they charge you this to do the hay wagon ride. Then they charge you this to go into the petting zoo. Um, one of the things we do not have is we do not have animals. And that was kind of our, our choice with that liability insurance with having animals and uh, the problems going on with that. So we've stayed away from the animals. We charge one price. And that includes, you can do one maze, you can do all four mazes. Okay. That includes the activity area, that includes a wagon ride. We remember what it was like to have kids, and we try to, you know, pass that on. And again, it comes back to what we liked and what we didn't like, and that's one of the things we liked was just having a flat rate where everything was included. And people seem to appreciate that and respond to it. Good. And then what is your typical uh, season? What's your typical start and end dates? We start, I have to think, uh, we start the Saturday after Labor Day weekend, and we go to the first Saturday after Election Day. Oh, okay. Very good. And are you pretty much Friday, Saturday, Sunday only operation? Do you do field trips? Um, anything going on during the week? We, we do field trips during the day. Um, and we schedule our field trips in the morning. Uh, we do one school at a time. That way we're able to give them our undivided attention. Uh, we actually lock the, the front gate so nobody in, nobody out. So it is only that school there, and um, it's a safety issue for the kids. During the week, we open up at 1 o'clock. We are essentially 1 o'clock during this, 1 to 6 during the week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the weekend on Saturdays, it is 10 to 10. On Sundays, it is 11 to 6. All right. Um, Let's ask you some more kind of general questions about um, uh, your operation. What was your biggest pain point or challenge during your 2018 season, do you think? Weather. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We... In this part of Virginia, uh, we had over 70 inches of rain. Um, it started off with our strawberry season where we lost probably 90% of our strawberry crop with rain. And it just continued. Why it was helpful for the corn, a lot of times we'll have, you know, 
the coronal show signs of trial stretch during the summer. We didn't have that this year, yeah. but <laughs> with all the rain we did have, the corn yield wasn't as great because the nitrogen essentially been leached out of the soil and the yeah. fertilizer has been leached out of the soil. We have referred to Davidson's oils here. They're very orange soil, but they do pack relatively nice together. So for the most part in the maze itself, the trails were in pretty good condition. We had probably about 50 yards of ease where it was muddy. Okay. And we you know, just tried to warn people about that and tried to address that issue the best we could. But for the most part, the maze itself remained in, you know, I would say good to excellent condition. But weather was definitely a challenge this year, as it was for many other people. We can be thankful, you know, some, and again, we take a look at that. There are some states where the mazes never even open. Yeah. Because yeah. weather. It was a rough year last year for sure. What what do you feel is your best marketing tool? Very easily, it's the internet. We we do a little postcard that we'll take out to the, give out to the little visitor centers that when we go to you know distribute at some of the little local farm markets. But otherwise, everything is in, at um, Instagram and Facebook. And we did advertising on Google this year. Okay, good. So you did like Google AdWords or something where you paid per yes. click? Okay. How did you, how yes. did you like the results of using that? Uh, it's, it, that's all we use anymore, okay. really. All right, good. Um, and that is, we, we can reach out to a particular area. So uh, as an example, we want to hit the D.C. market uh, very heavily. We just said, you know, we wanted, we're going to do this, this zip code mm -hmm. and we can re see how many people click on it. We can actually see, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're talking to people, oh, where are you from? And we actually see a response on when we hit a particular area or focus on a particular area where the people are coming from. And so digital, digital marketing is where it's at and where it's heading. And, you know, sure. sad to say that print media um, really does, it does not pay off. Yeah. Yep. All right, uh, we're going to wrap up by asking you to give us your key piece of advice for somebody who's looking to either start or improve an agritourism business. One of the keys for doing an agritourism business is you have to like people. You have to be willing to reach out to them, recognizing that um, they're guests on your farm, and they may do things necessarily that you're not going to like. Uh, but you have to just reach out to him. Um, I like to think of myself as having an outgoing personality. I uh, enjoy talking to people, and that's one of the things that I enjoy doing that's helping people. One of my favorite stories I've, I've got from this is we had a young man who had cerebral palsy. We lifted him in his wheelchair up onto the hay wagon ride, and I look back in the and he, he was just smiling from ear to ear because he had been included. And, and those are the kind of things that I really enjoy and, and make it worthwhile for me to do. Having a location, um, there are probably a dozen other mazes in Virginia. Uh, but again, we try to separate ourselves by the, you know, him focusing on the maze. Um, location is very important. You need to be near a metropolitan area we can draw from. One of the challenges we had in our first couple of years was educating people 
in the Charlottesville area, what it, what a maze was and the getting them to come out. But they have been responding to us and we've continued to grow every year. Very good. All right. Well, if we have people who want to reach out to you, maybe with questions about uh, large corn mazes or that sort of thing, or just to reach out and say hello, what is the best way for them to get in talk, contact with you? Um, best way to do is contact uh, info at libertymillsfarm.com. Excellent. Well, Kent, I really appreciate your time coming on the show today and for helping us uh, de- dive in deeper to large corn mazes and in the pros and cons. I think it's been beneficial for all of us. And uh, uh, thank you again for, for joining us. Not a problem, Jamie. Thank you. And it was very nice to talk to you. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Kent and came away with a better understanding of how corn mazes can be that feature attraction at your venue. Be sure to check them out at libertymillsfarm.com. For those who haven't been out to our site in a while, be sure to head over to agritourismideas.com for updated content, including the addition of a classifieds ad section. If you are looking to buy or sell agritourism-related items, be sure to check that out. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Agritourism Ideas Podcast. Be sure to visit us at agritourismideas.com for more great information, ideas, and resources.